It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Money for Lunch. I am always thrilled, always thrilled that you guys help us out so much. We're just going to jump into the... uh, into the quote of the day. Quote of the day is uh, from Bo Jackson. Good old Bo Jackson. But now, in this day and age, people are more prone to go out and try new things to enhance their performance on the field, to enhance their physical appearance. Again, by Bo Jackson. Now, now in this day and age, people are more prone to go out and try new things to enhance their performance on the field to enhance their physical appearance. And I believe that's true. I think that we have seen enough breakthroughs and, quote, miracles that we're willing to try new things, not only to make ourselves look better, but to, you know, to perform better. Hey, speaking of performing better, if, uh, if you would like to perform better, you can also check out my latest book. It's called DominatingYourMind.com, available on at, available at Amazon. Also, uh, you can get it for free at dominatingyourmind.com. Check it out there. Uh, all right, so let's jump into this. Let's get the party started with Omar Harris on the show today. Omar L. Harris hails from Pittsburgh, PA, and is passionate about leading teams, high performance coaching, and inspiring more people to adopt the servant leader mindset. He is a Gallup certified strength coach, a best-selling, award-winning author, independent publishing guru, entrepreneur, and 20-year veteran of global pharmaceutical industry. Omar Harris, welcome to Money for Lunch. Thank you very much, Bert. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. All right. So I got to ask you, how does a young man from Pittsburgh, PA, end up in Brazil? Well, actually, it's my uh, third time uh, living and working in Brazil. My career, I've actually spent four years of my life in in this wonderful country. Um, I first came to Brazil when I was 23 as an intern with Pfizer Pharmaceuticals doing an international marketing internship uh, in Brazil, and I stayed here for 16 months. I learned the language, uh, which I speak fluently now, and that set me up for future success. So four years later, uh, I came back as a business unit director for another pharma company, Sharing Plow stayed another two years. And uh, when I left in 2008, I thought that was the end of my, my Brazilian journey. But lo and behold, 10 years later, last summer, um, Allergan uh, PLC came calling and, and asked me if I wanted to come back to Brazil as country manager of their operation in Brazil, which is around $200 million. And, and we have uh, over 300 employees here. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um. That's nice. All right. So, uh, what do they do? They speak Spanish in Brazil. I can't remember. Is it uh... Portuguese? Portuguese. I'm sorry. The only Latin, the only only Latin America only Latin American country that speaks Portuguese. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I mean, I've been around enough Portuguese people that there are some words that are similar in Spanish. You know, I could probably. 
you know, I can I can grasp it here and there. Uh, but uh, yes, that's what it was. I knew they were unique. Okay, excellent. And yeah. so you, uh, you've out, you've been in Brazil how long now? I've been in Brazil this this journey uh, one year so far. So I actually joined uh, Allegan a year ago, and I, I've been in the, back in the country for a year. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, all right. Okay, so uh, let's talk about um, – uh, we're going to be talking about uh, one of your books. You've written several books, and I'm looking at my notes, and I apologize. Let's see. Um, which book Which book are we talking about today? I apologize. My notes today are not – Today we're talking about my new book. Uh, we're talking about Leaderboard, the DNA of High Performance Teams. Thank you. All right. Uh, and you've also had uh, the author of One Blood, From Authors to Entrepreneur, Fate, and, of course, Leaderboard, the DNA of high-performance teams. I love that. All right, so you've written several books. Why write this book? Uh, I think this book was is a culmination of, a, of, a, of my leadership journey that began back in 2006, and understanding and really seeing it firsthand uh, the, the global crisis of employee engagement. So I've worked, you know, I've led teams in the U.S., in the Middle East, in Asia, in Latin America, and I've seen the same trend everywhere I've gone, which is the, the, the active disengagement of employees with the mission of their particular respective companies and the, the big impact this has on productivity of not only companies but also countries. Um, and so really the book Leaderboard was a response to is my response um, to the global engagement crisis. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm glad that you said this global crisis because it has become global. Uh, everywhere, everywhere, uh, just like you've experienced, people are talking about what's happening, this massive disengagement. What do you think is driving this massive disengagement? Because, it, again, it's not a U.S. thing. This is global. No, it's global. I mean – you know, if you read the literature and read the science, basically, I think that what people value uh, has just dramatically changed. I mean, I think that what drives organizations, what drives people in, in work has changed dramatically over the last 30 to 40 years or so. But management and basic leadership practices and organizational science has not caught up to these trends. And that disconnect is what's leading to uh, the problem that we see today. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what? It's I think you I think you hit the nail around the head because you have you have a flood of millennials and I know that uh, a lot of people talk a lot about millennials but the reality is you have a flood of millennials coming in the marketplace and whether you think that they're this you know that they're that different or dissimilar to the other generations the fact is it's a new generation and new generations always exactly. have slightly different ideas I mean you know you know, back, uh, you know, there, there was that whole uh, peace, love type uh, generation, you know, and people call them hippies. But bottom line is they changed uh, – they, they made some massive changes, uh, you know, and I think we're going to see some massive changes as the millennials take root, uh, as they start getting in management positions. We see more and more companies yeah. uh, becoming what I like to call, uh, you know, emotionally aware. I mean, they're giving you time off. For mental mm-hmm. days, uh, there are uh, mm-hmm. companies now that will give both the male and the females 
maternity leave. I mean, when I was growing up, yep. a man would never get maternity leave, ever. Exactly. So I believe that some of these changes that we're seeing is in response to the way of this new generation, the way the things that are they're, you know that are being brought in. Also, and Omar, I'd like to get your opinion on this. We have more women than ever before in leadership positions who are able to make some of these changes that, again, uh, from a male perspective, would not have happened, right? And so they're coming in and saying, hey, we need to tweak this a little bit, or in some cases, a lot. A hundred percent. I mean, if you think about if you think about how we got in this situation from a business perspective, you get to go back to, you know, let's let's say the post World War II days, or 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 you know when when the the men coming back from the, from from war was completely you know male dominated workforce, right? And not only male dominated, but male dominated men who had went to the military. So command yeah. and control, top down, was the best way to lead those men. Right, and it made sense for about 34, 30, 30, 40 years. But with the influx, I mean, I think I think the 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 influx of more women into the workforce, the influx of more women into leadership positions, the influx of greater diversity of people into the workforce, um, different countries, different nationalities, and also different generations. All of these forces are saying that basically the old command and control way of doing of running a business doesn't work anymore, and it's disengaging people. And I think. Women leaders who come in have picked up on that uh, and begun to change, begin to change the tide. But you know, really, we need we need another phase of revolution and and leadership, and we need to we need to evolve very fast and revolutionize uh, leadership and management practices, which is why which is why I wrote the book. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Look, I, I remember, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, again when I was going through the ranks, women were, how do I? were kind of expected to and or forced into if you're going to play with the boys, you got to kind of be one of the boys, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think women are completely stepping to their own now and saying, hey, I'm, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to be one of the boys. I'm going to be one of the I'm going to be one of the girls, right? I, I'm going to play by my set of rules. And and we're seeing that, uh, I think, take hold. Um and so, yeah, absolutely right. So, again, we're talking about leaderboard, the DNA of high-performance teams, um, and uh, available at Amazon. And uh, the author is Omar Harris. Uh, all right, so um, let's see. Uh, got a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole too far, but let's talk about the title of the book, again, it, it's uh, Leaderboard, the DNA of a high-performance team. So I want to ask you, give me your opinion. What exactly is the DNA of high-performance teams? So there's, there's, there's two, two big ideas in the book. The first big idea is actually not a new idea. It's an old idea. Uh, and it comes from a, a psychologist, Bruce Tuckman, Bruce Tuckman, who wrote an article on group formation back in 1965. And he was the person who coined the phrase uh, – that groups go through four stages, forming, storming, norming, and performing. If you've heard those phases of group formation before, it's from Bruce Tuckman back in 1965 who wrote an article on that. So the first idea is that we need to understand that every single group of people who comes together to form a task will go through those four stages at some point. It is inevitable. You cannot avoid it. It's a scientific fact. Forming, storming, norming, and performing will occur. 
Now, the other big idea in the book is that in order for you to hack this phase, these, these four phases, these natural phases of, of, of group formation, you need to understand intrinsically the DNA of your team. And what I mean by that is the way you can understand internally the DNA of your team is, is that leadership is not, is not hierarchical anymore. In any group of individuals, any group of people, you're going to have people who are great at execution, who are great at influencing, who are great at relationship building, and who are great at strategic thinking. So it's up to you, the leader, to understand who are your, le- your natural team leaders in execution, who are your natural team leaders in relationship building, influencing, and strategic thinking. Uh, and when you understand that, then you can create your leaderboard, your leaders in those four areas who are going to lead the team forward uh, and take, a, take accountability for driving the team's mission in those, those areas. So that is really the two big ideas that are, that are in the book. Gotcha, gotcha. It's amazing uh, that, uh, and, you know, that, that you're talking about the stuff that happened, what, 1966, that you said? 1965, yeah, yeah. 65. And interestingly enough, sometimes innovation comes from taking an old idea and applying it or applying it differently, if you will. Exactly. I I think you're 100% right. I mean, I went back. I mean, rather than, you know, try to reinvent the wheel, I just looked at the basis for what I've been seeing in my entire career at leading teams and groups. And these things are, things are, are set in stone. So if they're set in stone, then what we have to do now in modern leadership is learn how to hack it. How do we move through the stages faster? Absolutely. All right, so let me ask you this. How can, uh, you know, today's managers, if you will, identify which stage their team is in? That's a very important question and the most fundamental question that is addressed in the book. Uh, and, and I credit what I call team performance acceleration principles, TPAPs. Um, each TPAP series deals with one of the four stages, so either forming, storming, norming, or performing. So what is forming? Forming is really easy to identify because either you're new to the team, and so the group is forming around you. The task is brand new, so the team is forming towards a new task. Or it's a group of people who are coming together for, truly for the first time. So, what you'll, so if those three things are happening, you're in the forming stage right off the bat. Either you're new to the team, so the team is forming around you. The task, so the, 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 there's a new task the team must attack. Uh, um, uh, uh, and that, those are the main hallmarks of, of, of a forming team. Storming teams feel, feel like Game of Thrones. Storming <laughs> is when um, basically everybody uh, understands that there's a task to be done, but there's differing opinions on how to achieve that goal. So I guess if you look at our political environment right now, I'd say that the government is in storming phase <laughs> because no one can decide how we're going to move forward. So we've been storming as a government for a long time, and, and some teams never get out of storming. They never align on how they're going to move forward. T- people on the team challenge the manager's authority um, regularly. Uh, different team members vie for authority within the te- team, and there's no clear direction on where to go. So although roles may be clear in the storming phase, there's no direction. There's no clear direction on where to go. And that's the key hallmark of storming, which is basically the leader is lost, the team is lost, and therefore you're kind of adrift at sea, which is basically what, what a storm is, right, at sea. Right. So that's what storming feels like. Norming feels like you solved every problem. Norming feels like that harmony, people like working together. Um, uh, it feels like uh, the, the, the processes are set. People know what the mission of the team is. They're very clear on that. 
But the real issue with norming that prevents a norming team from being performing is a false sense of harmony. So basically, norming teams still have difficulty challenging each other in terms of challenging results, and they're not that results-oriented. The relationship is more important than the result. And that's the key hallmark of a norming team. And a performing team, all these, none of these issues exist. In a performing team, the result is more important than any individual's uh, individual goals. Um, the supporting goal is more important than, than any individual recognition. Uh, everyone knows uh, what they're supposed to be doing. The team is self-organizing. Even if the leader's not there, the team knows what to do. So I would say, like, the Golden State Warriors, when Steve Kerr was out a couple years ago, was a performing team. They still won, you know, with, with a new coach, they won 27 games in a row um, because they, they knew what to do. They were already high performing. Right. So I think that's a great example of what, what high performance might, might feel like. So I think, I think the first thing as a manager is to figure out what phase you're in. And if you're a new manager, you're automatically informing. If, if, if you're hiring new team members, you're automatically forming. So I think that's the key thing to understand what stage you're in. Yeah, and I like that. It, it may be an old team, but if you're a new manager, you're still forming. Exactly, because the team is forming around you. So basically right. you, you're, just your energy coming in has changed the dynamic of the team. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that. I think that's brilliant. Stor- uh, forming, storming, norming, performing. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so let me ask you this. When you were starting to write this book, who did you have in mind? So really who I had in mind is exactly what we talked about earlier, those, those new millennial, basically, you know, late 20s, early 30s, coming into management, trying to define the leadership brand uh, and, and looking at the, their, their superiors and saying, I don't want to be that kind of leader. I don't want to be command and control anymore. I don't want to be hierarchical. That's not going to work for me. But I need guidance on how to be a, my own type of leader, my own best type of leader. And that's where leaderboard comes in. But also for, for what I would say, anybody who's people-oriented. So if your leadership style is more people-oriented, uh, I would say that leaderboard is for you as well. So that's a, 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 another great audience. And then um, anyone who's read any of the leadership gurus that I cite in the book, anyone who's read uh, Patrick Lencioni, you know, The Five Dysfunctions of the Team, anybody who loves John C. Maxwell, Simon Sinek, uh, Brene Brown, anyone who loves those types of authors and those types of books uh, should definitely pick up Leaderboard. Oh, I like that, yeah. You know, it's interesting that, uh, yeah, Brene Brown, I didn't think of her as a leadership-type trainer off the bat, but as I got to know her work, I certainly do now. No, for sure. I mean, her, I mean, her story is just phenomenal. I think she's, you know, she's one of the most influential uh, leaders of today, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so when we started at the top of the show, we were talking about productivity and engagement. So how does your book, Leaderboard, the DNA of high-performance teams, address employee productivity and engagement? Well, it addresses it because it, it deals with a couple of, of key concepts, which are really about the manager. So. The man, changing certain management practices uh, uh, will change, will directly impact employee productivity engagement from hiring. So I think one of the key things I talk about in the book is how to hire better, improving hiring. Because mm. The cost of a bad hire is significant. 
uh, in today's day and age. So I think we have to improve hiring. So as a manager, how do you hire better? First of all, how do you bring in how do you bring in the right DNA into the organization right from the back? That's going to be one of the main main ways you hack the hack the four stages by bringing in people who who naturally self organize better than those who are more egotistical or intellectually elite or whatever you want to call it. You can by by bringing in uh, people who are more grounded in work ethic, uh, have optimism, have shared passion, and have maturity, you will begin to hack that process right away by hiring the right kind of people. The second thing is, which will, will definitely impact productivity, the second thing is how do you organize the people around a mission? So I talk about a concept of interviewing, not interviewing, interviewing, I-N-N-E-R. And what interviewing means is once the person is hired, uh, this is a dialogue that happens early on in the, in the early days between the manager and their employee where they basically get to know the person on a fundamental level. What are their drivers? What are their motivators? What are their demotivators? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? So we understand that right from the beginning so we can, we can make sure that individual is productive right from the beginning by knowing key information about them that every manager should know. It's the human touch to management, basically being more of a coach than a manager right from the beginning. If you start off coaching, you're automatically going to be hacking the productivity of that employee and not just talking about tasks. You're talking about the tasks, but you're also talking about individual development. And then once you have done that on an individual, you've hired well, you've onboarded well, right? So you've done the interviews. The next stage is to deploy your team. So who are your leaders, your team leaders in execution? Who are your team leaders in relationship building? Who are your team leaders in uh, influencing? Who are your team leaders in strategic thinking? And how do you deploy these team leaders at your task? If you do that, because people are, are naturally, uh, they feel more productive when they're doing what they're naturally good at, what they naturally have talent for. So by, by organizing your team in this way, you're automatically going to dramatically enhance your productivity. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, and I like what you said there about starting with hiring the right people. And sometimes, to me, this is such a crucial step. Uh, I've been involved with companies who would interview a person just the one time and make a decision off that. And then, you know, 60, 90 days later, they're parting ways as opposed to a company that has a multi-step, multi-layered interview process. Is it a pain in the butt? Yes. But you're trying to find someone that's going to fit with your current DNA is going to, you know, it's going to really fit with the team. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time to find out to, to really, you know, make it work because there's nothing worse than, you know, you hire somebody, you spend all this time getting to know them and training them. All of a sudden you find out, Hey, it's not going to work. And you know, right away, it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like when you, when you, you know, uh, you go to a, go, go on a date with the wrong person, you know, right away yeah. you made a mistake. Like you, you yeah. screwed up, you know, you screwed <laughs> up, but now it's business. So you, you're paying this person, this person, and this person, I mean, they can become wrecking balls in your team. I mean, you to your corporate culture, to your organizational culture, hiring the wrong person has such huge implications that we have to yeah. slow it down. I mean, I, I just recommend slowing it down, taking your time, putting the people to their paces, uh, and and you will you will move faster in the long run by slowing down the hiring process. Absolutely. Well, you know what? And to, and to use your and to use your dating analogy, uh, you can go out on a date that isn't necessarily a wreck, but there was no chemistry there. There was no reason to move yeah. any further. You just didn't connect. And does it mean that? No, you didn't uh, connect. 
Yeah, just, there's just no reason. Hey, we're not going to have a second date. It just, it wasn't, it was just, yeah, for either party. Nobody really had any fun. Okay, hey, I'm glad we were able to share some time together. We shared a meal together. See you later. No heart, you know, no harm, no foul, no big deal. Exactly. exactly. But you don't want to invest, you know, what you don't want to do is invest thousands of dollars to find out because in the corporate world, a date can cost you a couple thousand bucks. Even again, even if it, even yeah, if you part on good terms, it can cost you way more than that, Bert. It can cost you your your whole productivity and engagement of your whole organization. It can cost you. Yeah. It can cost. It can cause you a dis. And and I would say I would double that for managers. So so if you're talking about new employees hiring individual contributors, slow it down. For managerial decisions, take it really slow. Like yeah. really understand. Because every, yeah, you remember, know, remember that two. two to your employee, the company is the manager. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know what's interesting? I am. Uh, it, it reminded me of. Uh, it reminded me of. Um, um, doggone it! Big. Tall, skinny, white dude. Replace Jay Leno. What's his name? Uh, he goes, his nickname is Coco. Uh, Conan oh, O'Brien. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conan O'Brien. So Conan O'Brien, bless his heart, was tapped to replace um, Jay Leno, and you know yeah. everything. You know, bottom line is it didn't work out. They had to let him go, uh, and they paid him. Fifty million dollars. Yep. Talk about you know spending some big bucks. Now I don't know about you, Omar, yep. but man, let me tell you, if you're going to pay me fifty million dollars to fire me, I, I wouldn't mind doing that a couple of times <laughs> in my lifetime. I'd be okay with that, you know. Um, Why not? Why not? Yeah. And, and, and I tell you what's interesting. This is what's interesting to me. When he had taken over on the Tonight Show, and I don't know what it was. To me, he wasn't very funny. He was okay. Now, so so you go through this whole this horrible situation where he gets fired. Uh, Jay Leno comes back for a short time. Then uh, Conan O'Brien goes and I think he's got his own show now. I think on TBS. And to me, he is much much funnier. It's a much better show. Then you go back to the Tonight Show where they they got Jimmy Fallon in there. And now Jimmy Fallon is crushing and setting the standard for all talk show, you know, late night talk shows. I mean, the guy just yeah. disrupted yeah, the industry. And and I think that to me but is think, a great – yeah. go ahead. It's a, no, I agree. I'm disagreeing with you. It's a perfect analogy. I mean, I think that Conan was not a fit for the network or the format of that show. Right. It doesn't mean he's not good. He was, just in a, he was on the wrong channel in the wrong format. Right. And, and, and what's interesting – it's, what's interesting, too, is when you see him on his show today, there isn't that much of a difference. But for whatever reason, no. he clicked better. Maybe it was the management, click, you know, whatever. And, and uh, so, so it just goes to show you, uh, in a, this is in a very public way, what happens when you have the, you know, the guts to make those massive changes that are horrible and can be so painful. And, and even though they paid, uh, paid him $50 million to leave, Jim Fallon probably made that money up to them, and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in his first year because the show is so highly rated. You can't even, you know, the they can't catch up to him. So, with Fallon, Agreed. so it just goes to show you, 
the importance uh, of this, uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the, the DNA that you're talking about. And again, we're talking with uh, best-selling author Omar Harris. We're talking about his latest book, um, The uh, Leaderboard. Yeah, Leaderboard, The DNA of High-Performance Teams. Um, so let me ask you this, because you mentioned that, hey, when, when you're hiring for the team, you go slow. When you're hiring for management, even slower. Do you have, when you say go even slower, do you have like, you know, hey, you should have at least five interviews. Do you have a, you know, kind of expound on that a little bit. What to you is slower? What, what is, I mean, if, if, I, if I just retained your service to hire me a manager, how long would you take mm-hmm. to, to take an individual and, you know, and, and, and get them from, let's say, hey, here's my first interview to now I'm ready to make a decision, either yay or nay. Are you taking a month to do that? Are you taking six months to do that? Give me your thought process on that. I mean, I think you can do it. You can, you, if you prioritize, you can always move it faster. But I think there are certain things that need to be uh, put a set in stone for a manager level. The first thing is, of course, their, their track record as an individual performer is always important. Also important, but I think the key step is not to overweight that. So we overweight an individual contributor's performance, and we assume that that means that individual is going to uh, be a great manager. And I, I take it a step. I take it a step uh, back before we even start talking about. Uh, uh, hiring for a manager, let's say we're promoting from within, then you want to put the people to their paces while they're in the company and give them development opportunities. You can see them in the seat of a manager before you ever have to promote them in that seat. If you're hiring from the outside uh, to into the company, you're hiring a new leader or a new manager into the company, then uh, I think you, their, their, their credentials is more important, but you want to focus on the leadership skills in question. You want to really and you want to interrogate them on, not on their technical skills and their knowledge of a given area, product therapy area, whatever it is, you want to you want to really focus on their leadership philosophies, leadership skills, leadership acumen. You want to give them business cases that are built on uh, leadership cases to see how they deal with certain types of situation, hiring, firing, you know, uh, difficult, uh, em- dealing with difficult employees, how they manage conflict. So you, you want to put them through their paces, and I would use tools like, Behavioral interviewing questions, which I have a questionnaire mm. that I, I provide in the, in, the, in the book, I would use business case. So basically make them put them on their feet and put them in, a, put them in the situation uh, and, and see how they deal with a difficult and challenging leadership challenge. Not a technical challenge, but a leadership challenge that deals with you know, restructuring, change management, decision making, all those types of things. You want to design a business case that, that, that really puts them to their paces. And then finally, you need to make sure you have – uh, some degree of, of your team. So basically it can't be one person's decision. A managerial, a managerial decision is a company decision. So for me, I have myself and at least four of my direct reports evaluating a new manager coming along the board. So it's not my opinion of who I think is the greatest manager. It's a, a, a panel of five people, um, yeah. peers, or people who are going to work with that person, who, who, who basically we all agree that we want to bring this person into our fold. And I think that's really important. So that can take you know, a couple of weeks, it could take a month. It might take you three months, depending on how many people you're evaluating. But the point is, don't skip steps. I love that. Don't skip steps. We're going to end on that note. If you want to bring your team up to a different level, check out the book, Leaderboard, The DNA of High Performance Teams by Omar L. Harris, available at Amazon or wherever your favorite books are sold. For your convenience, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, there's going to be also a link there to uh, 
Omar Harris's website, which I believe it's Omar Harris, OmarLHarris.com. And uh, both of these links are going to be in the show notes. Omar, thanks so much for stopping by today. Thank you, Bert. Really appreciate it. Really All righty. Good stuff there from good stuff there from Omar Harris. He's a certified strength coach, best-selling author, award-winning author, independent publishing guru, and 20-year veteran of the global global pharmaceutical industry. Um, and I just like you know I just like the the name of that book, the leaderboard, the DNA of high-performance teams. And you know what? If you can increase the performance of your team just by one or two or three percent, wouldn't that be incredible? And let me tell you, it may not sound like much, but over time, it's huge. It starts to have compounding interest. You know, so check it out. Leaderboard by Omar L. Harris. My friends, let's share this episode with everyone you know. Let's help as many people as we can to up-level their team, to increase the, uh, the high performance of their team, maybe to inspire them to, you know, do the uh, Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Fallon switcheroo. They have to find, uh, they have to find a better leader or one that fits better. It's costly. It's painful. But sometimes... The results are outstanding. As always, my friends, remember you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.